Blooming Inspired podcast, empowering the voices of women who lead as they live their lives blooming alive. Hello, this is Michelle Bentham, host of Blooming Inspired podcast, and this morning we are going to talk about one of my very favorite parts of my relationship with God, and that is the secret place. And so as I began to prepare my heart to speak to you on this topic today, I realized um, that, that I wanted to know more about the secret place. And as I began to ask God about that and pray over that, God brought me to the word habitation. And we're going to jump around a lot in scripture. So if you want to grab your Bible, the first place you're going to want to turn is Psalm 71. Now in 2012, and I posted this on my Facebook page the other day, it was a stack of three books that are journals that I have documented my time in the secret place with God with. And so as I think about talking to you about the secret place, my heart naturally goes there. And for me, my secret place is a place that God takes me in my mind. And it's a farmhouse set in a wheat field. And when I first began to go, the farmhouse was kind of, you know, you know, it was worn out. It was closed up, almost like the windows were boarded up. And it wasn't very welcoming except for... God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit were there waiting for me. And so I I end up going to this place to visit several times. Um, And when I go there, I spend time sitting in Papa's lap, just letting him hold me, getting comfortable with him as my father. And when the Holy Spirit brings a refreshing breeze, I experience that fully. And when Jesus comes, we dance and we play games and he talks about me to me about the things of my heart. Now again, this is a place I go in my mind, in my imagination. And that root word of imagination is image. And we are created in God's image. He is creative by nature. He's the ultimate creator. If you look around our world, all you have to do is see a sunrise or a sunset or a bird, or a butterfly, and you know that we have a magnificent, creative God. And so he takes me to my secret place through my imagination, and he speaks to me about the things of my heart. Now, I don't hear an audible voice. It's things I journal. I write down my thoughts, and then I write down what I feel like his responses are. And I test them if they don't agree with what Scripture reveals about God's character and His nature, His His promises, and uh, that kind of thing. Then I step back from it and I don't embrace it. But if it agrees with His with His character and nature, then I test it against. Does it agree with the written word? And if it agrees with the written word, then I test it a bit further. Does it produce the fruit of the Spirit in me? Love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. And those are nine qualities of one fruit. So if all of those qualities aren't coming through what I'm experiencing with God, I, I begin to ask Him about it. Is that you? Do I need to move another direction? He's always faithful. He always shows up and He always provides. And so that brings me to this idea of habitations. 
is that we're going to talk about, I told you was in Psalm 71. And I'm going to read these few scriptures to you. And um, I'm going to read Psalm 91.9 to you in a couple of translations because it is just so beautiful. But in Psalm 71.3, in the NASB, it reads, Be to me a rock of habitation to which I may continually come. And in the King James Version, that word, um, that I may continually come, is continually resort. I want you to think about that. When God is our habitation, it's like a retreat, a resort, a place we go to receive refreshing. Thou hast given commandment to save me, for thou art my rock and my fortress. Okay, Psalm 91 verse 9 in the King James Version says, Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation, and in verse 10, it says, There shall be no evil that befalls you. Therefore shall any plague come nigh to thy dwelling. And so I want to read this to you before I get into the bulk of our reading today. It's Psalm 91, and in it, it's verse 9 and 10 in the Passion Translation. It says, When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, and here's that word for secret place in this translation, our secret hiding place. We will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. And with that picture in mind, I want you to go with me right now to Psalm 32. I will be reading from the New King James Version. And of course, I'll be doing what I always do and pausing with the scriptures and, and, and sharing commentary. But the, the scripture I want you to pay attention to comes towards the end in verse 18. So listen for it. Listen for it talking about this idea of habitation. Um, we may jump around a bit, but just stay with me, okay? In verse chapter 32, verse 1, God gave me, actually, in the beginning of 2017, He gave me this passage of Scripture as a personal testimony to me about calling and purpose and, and various things. And so... Um, a lot of what I do at Blooming Inspired Network came from this season where he spoke very personally to me through Isaiah 32. So I'm going to read it to you. It says, Behold, a king will reign in righteousness, and princes will rule with justice. A man will be as a hiding place from the wind, and a cover from the tempest, as rivers of water in a dry place, and the shadow of a great rock in a weary land. The eyes of those who see will not be dim, and the ears of those who hear will listen. Also, the heart of the rash will understand knowledge, and the tongue of the stammerers will be ready to speak plainly. Do I ever need that today? So listen to what it's saying, okay? So it's saying that there's going to come a time when a king will reign, and it'll be righteous. If you're discouraged by the political environment of our country right now, Hold on to this promise. There are 
are leaders coming for our country who will reign in righteousness and princes will rule with justice. A man will be as a hiding place from the wind and a cover from the tempest as rivers of water in a dry place, as the shadow of a great rock in a weary land. I believe this is a picture of who Jesus is. He is a hiding place from the wind and a cover from the tempest. He will protect you from the environmental elements you face. He will protect you from the temptations that you face. He will quench that thirst in the dry place. He will give you shade when you're weary. And it says, Then the eyes of those who will see will not be dim, and the ears of those who hear will listen, and the heart of the rash will understand knowledge, and the tongue of the stammerers will be ready to speak plainly. Let's pause right there and let's just pray. Father God, thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much that you are our hiding place and our habitation. Give us a personal revelation of what that means specifically for us as individuals, for us as your body, and how can we minister from this secret place and bless the lives of those we touch through intimacy with you, our Father, our Savior, our guide and comforter, and our friend. In Jesus' name, amen. So we get into um, to some, some five, and so it's like counterpoint. And it says, the foolish person will no longer be called generous. In other words, they'll no longer be able to masquerade around as generous when they're really just foolish with their money nor the miser said to be bountiful. In other words, the miser's not going to be thought of as rich. For the foolish person will speak foolishness, and his heart will work iniquity. To practice ungodliness, to utter error against the Lord, to keep the hungry unsatisfied, and he will cause the drink, drink of the thirsty to fail. It says that if, if a person is foolish, they speak foolishly. They work iniquity in their heart. They practice ungodliness. They utter error against the Lord. They speak about things that are not true of God. They do not feed the hungry. They do not give drink to the thirsty, and it satisfies. It says, also, the schemes of the schemer are evil. He devises wicked plans to destroy the poor with lying words. Deception's not going to work anymore. Even when the needy speaks justice, but a generous man devises generous things, and by generosity he will stand. So here's, here's what happens when we come into the secret place. We encounter the one who is most generous, the one who gave everything so we could live, and not just live on this temporary life in earth, but live abundantly throughout eternity with him. A generous man devises generous things, and by generosity he shall stand. Is it the cry of your heart to be like God and be generous? Do you save up what you get so you can sit on it and have it and, and satisfy your own personal wants and needs? Or do you, do you want to be generous toward God's kingdom? This is something he's really been impressing upon my heart lately. Um, my husband and I are doing a study right now. It's Chris Valentin's, um Poverty, Riches, and Wealth, and it's all about um, coming out of agreement with lack and poverty in your life and learning what it means to be 
wealthy, whether you have a lot or you have a little, but living from a mindset of wealth and generosity. And then it comes to women. Rise up, you women who are at ease. Hear my voice, you complacent daughters. Give ear to my speech. Are you listening? In a year and some days, you will be troubled, you complacent women, for the, for the harvest, the vintage will fail, and the gathering will not come. Tremble, you women who are at ease. Be troubled, you complacent one. Strip yourselves and make yourself spared and gird yourself in sackcloth on your waist. Take up a position of mourning because what once provided for you will no longer provide. Because, you see, we, we have this habit of depending on the things that provide for us, like our jobs and, and our talents and our gifts and our skills, but we don't see those things as being provision that comes from God. It says, people shall mourn upon their breasts for the pleasant fields and for the fruitful vine. They're going to look back and wish for those times when abundance was there, when bounty was there. On the land of my people will come up thorns and briars. Yes, on all the happy homes in the joyous city. Because the palaces will be forsaken. The bustling city will be deserted. The forts and towers will become liars forever. A joy of wild donkeys and a pasture of flocks. Saying that the places that once were provision will become desolate if we turn to them instead of God. And that's exactly what the people of Jerusalem had done. They had begun to turn to the harvest and turn to um, the bounty of the provision of their own labor rather than giving glory and credit and, and being generous toward God. Until, and here's what we long for, the Spirit is poured out on us from on high and the wilderness what once was a wasteland becomes a fruitful field, and the fruitful field is counted as a forest. Can you see it in your mind's eye? A beautiful place of harvest and bounty, a forest lush and green and beautiful, making provision for all of earth's creation. And then justice will dwell in the wilderness and wilderness and righteousness remain in the fruitful field, and the work of righteousness will be peace and the effect of righteousness, quietness, and assurance forever. You see, when we dwell in righteousness, when we dwell in confidence in the faithfulness of God, when we dwell in who Christ wants to be in us, there is a peace and a quietness and an assurance that comes to our heart and our soul. And it says that this will last forever. And here's our verse 18. My people will dwell in a peaceful habitation and in secure dwellings, and in quiet resting places. You know, I remember when we moved to the house we're living in now, the neighborhood is kind of a mixed bag of people, and it's on some canal lots right here on the lake in in, in my hometown. And um, we live pretty far out. We're kind of in the country, but we're in what they call a subdivision. And so we have neighborhood streets and, and so forth. And our our lots where our house are, are very narrow and they back up to the canal and many of them have um, lake access with a boat lift or a boat dock of some sort back there. And so um, when we moved here, we had been here a couple of weeks and we got an email from the Homeowners Association saying that um, people needed to watch their, their doors, make sure they're locked, turn out their, their porch lights, 
and, and things like that and turn you know and if somebody knocks on your door turn on your porch light because one of the ladies here in our community had been robbed at about four o'clock in the morning when someone came beating on her door and entered her home and took um, a number of items that were valuable to her and um, and they they beat her up a bit and so it was it was very um, disconcerting to say the least and a few weeks after that, my husband went and he worked out of town for a few days. And so here I was in a new community alone and a little bit nervous about this news. And so what I did was I would lay in bed at night and I would just command the angels of the Lord in prayer and say, Lord, Lord, I just, you say that we have um, the authority of Christ living in us. So, so I command the angels by the authority of Christ to stand post at the corners of this property and on the corners of this house and over the corner, over the threshold of my door. And I say, no harm will come to me or this property while I sleep tonight because I can trust in the peace and the promise and the security of the Lord. And that's exactly what this is talking about. When the Lord is our habitation, when we live from the secret place relationship, He promises us in Scripture. We have the opportunity to live in these quiet and peaceful and secure and resting places. It says in verse 19, though hell comes down on the forest and the city is brought low in humiliation, blessed are you who sow beside all waters, who send out freely the feet of the ox and the donkey. You don't worry about much when you live from the secret place with God. When you live in the habitation, and your secret place doesn't have to be a place you go in your imagination. Your secret place could very well be a place you set aside in your home, your prayer closet. Have you seen the movie War Room? This is very much like that, where you, you just come and you lay your life bare, just like we talked about yesterday, talking about laying our life but on the altar before God every morning and waiting for His fire to descend on our heart. The secret place just becomes an extension of that, where I spend time in relationship and intimacy. And you know, I don't know about you, but when I have a relationship with somebody and they show up and all they do is go, this is what I need from you, this is what I need from you, this is what I need from you, this is what's bothering me, this is what I'm upset about, this is what so-and-so did to me, and I'm just giving, they're giving me their list, I don't feel like I'm in relationship with them. I feel like they're just coming to me in their need and they don't want to know me. But when we come to the secret place, we want to know God personally. We want to know Him as Abba or Daddy or as I call Him, Papa. And you know, that name Papa came to me from the secret place. I have um, personal names that, that, I, that I acknowledge Holy Spirit by and Jesus by. and um, they're, they're personal to me. I'm not going to expose all of those to you. Because it's the secret place. Some of it's supposed to be a secret. It's not things that you broadcast. So I want to take you now over to Ephesians chapter 2. And we're going to conclude right here. Let's start in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8. For by grace you have been saved through faith. Faith plays a big part in joining God in the secret place. And I want to talk to you at the end of this about the idea of habitation. 
For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift from God. You see, the secret place is part of this gift of God. It's a refuge. It's it's a safe place for us to 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 live and breathe and find our being. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Do you know much of what I um, I am doing in my life right now came because I spent time over these past six years in the secret place with God. It's a place where I grow more like Him, where I where I understand Him, where I become disciplined, where I become disciplined through confession because I can't spend much time in the secret place without telling Him how I've sinned because sin can't stand in His presence. Verse 11, Therefore remember that you once Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision made in the flesh by hands, that at the time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of the promise, having no hope and without God in the world. He's reminding them of how far from God they were before God came to them and gave his gift to them. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. It's the blood of Christ that makes it possible for us to draw near to God. Because through that blood, grace and mercy came to us. Unconditional love overflows to us. How near are you drawing to God in your life right now? For He Himself is our peace who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation, saying there's no longer a separation between the Jews and the Gentiles. They all come to God. They all belong to God. There's a way for everyone to be welcomed into the kingdom of God and by extension, the secret place. Having abolished in his flesh the enmity, that is, the law of commandments contained in ordinance, so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace. And that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby putting death to enmity. Now, here we've kind of wandered away from our topic, but Israel and Jerusalem and the temple were once the habitation of God, where he dwelt among his people. And then in John, we learn that God came in the form of a baby and was Emmanuel, who who was God dwelling with us. And that baby, Emmanuel, who is Jesus, now sits at the right hand of his father after having lived his life, ministered for three years, gone to the cross, died a very painful and excruciating death in our place and rising again on the third day to new life by the power of the Spirit and leaving us with the charge of spreading that good news to the whole world and doing the works that he did and even greater works. He made his dwelling place with them. But when Jesus was making his dwelling place with men, he made time to go away alone and spend time with his father. And I would venture to say that that was time in the secret place, in the habitation before the Lord. And now he's saying 
He has broken down the walls. He has taken away the hindrances. Once upon a time, you could only get to God if you were a Jew. But then Jesus came, and, and because he was rejected by those he came to save, the Jews, it became available to all of us. Isn't that a beautiful picture? He has thus made peace that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby putting death to death the enmity. And he came and preached peace to you who were afar off and to those who were near. For through him we both have access by one spirit to the Father. Now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens and with, with the saints and members of the household of God. You live right now in a spiritual place called the household of God. And it's a home and a destination that we look forward to. See, this kingdom is real and it's right now. And it exists for us all around us. Having been built on the foundations of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple. And in the King James, that word is habitation a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you are also being built together for a dwelling place, a habitation of the God in the Spirit. And so as I want to close as we close today, I want to just bring to you the definition of the word habitation. Um, and I'm going to use the English dictionary definition because in the Greek and the Hebrew it typically means simply a dwelling place. Do you have a place where you are significantly aware that you are dwelling with God? Habitation is a noun in the English language. It means the state or process of living in a particular place. And I would say in our lives as believers it's the state of living from a particular place. Or it's a place in which to live, a house or a home. And so I come today to ask you, have you made your home in this world, in the things of this world? Have you put your faith in the things of this world? Or have you put your faith and made your home in the fact that God is your habitation and your dwelling place? And because you are in Christ, you too are being built up into a habitation for the Holy Spirit. Let's close in prayer. And then I have a couple of things I want to share with you that are coming up for the Blooming Inspired Network. Father God, I just thank you that you are our strong tower. You are a safe refuge. You are a place that we can trust. You are a strong tower for us to run into. But I also thank you that all of Scripture points us to the fact that it was not enough for you to give us a law and set us apart into yourself. But you had to send your son because you wanted relationship with your children and your people. You call us our, your dearly loved children in scripture. God, teach us to, to seek out a secret place where we would live with you and we would live from you where we could be shaped and formed to be more like you. Perhaps that's a place we would go in our imagination, or perhaps that's a, a favorite place that we enjoy spending time. We might go there in our imagination, or it might just be a place 
in our home or on our property where we especially encounter your presence and your encouragement and your love. Lord, speak to the hearts of the, those within the sound of my voice. And if they do not know you, I pray today would be the day of, that they have a personal encounter with Jesus Christ, that the Holy Spirit would draw Jesus into their awareness and that he would make himself known to them. It says in Scripture that if Jesus be lifted up, he will draw all men unto himself. And so today I pray that this would be a day of salvation for them, that they would confess with their mouth and believe in their heart. Confess with their mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in their heart that you, God, raised him from the dead and that he now sits at your right hand waiting to come back to call his own home. So I thank you, Lord, that not only are you our habitation, but you're building us up as a habitation for the Holy Spirit and a place for you to dwell in our communities, our cities, our states, our countries, and our towns. Broaden the place of our influence, God, and help us to meet people right where they are and love them from your heart, see them with your eyes, hear them with your ears, and speak to them with your words. I thank you for the secret place in this message today, and I ask that you would bless those who hear it. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So the things that I'm excited to tell you about this morning are, are three things. October 20th, for those of you right here in Granbury, Texas, I want you to know that we are hosting Bible study again this um, this session of Bible study is going to be the Gospels, just like it was last time, verse by verse. We're going to read verse by verse through the scriptures in the English Standard Version. And we're going to study a chapter a week in the book of Mark. And I'm so excited. One of the words in the book of Mark that is highlighted and, and is, is exemplified is immediately. How has God moved in your life immediately to change your circumstances, to change your life, to to, to impact you or impact others through you in some way. I love that. Be thinking about that. So we're going to be doing that here. You can find out more about that on our website, bloominspirednetwork.com. That's bloominspirednetwork.com. Bloominspirednetwork.com. Click the link for or hover over the link for Bible study and it'll drop down. It'll give you our fall schedule and then it'll underneath the, the gospels uh, tab, it will say coming soon, new Bible study. Click that link. You can register for the Bible study right from that page. It will give you the dates and all the information you need to attend. I would love to see you there. You can also find us on Facebook at Blooming Inspired. It's pretty simple. At Blooming Inspired. I have the Facebook event up there. You can find out more about what we're doing. You can also find out at both the website and on Facebook about our prophetic retreats. We have one coming up that needs to um, close pretty quickly. I have three spots left on this trip. Um, it's a prophetic retreat for two nights, October 11th through the 13th. It'll be 
uh, two pretty full days. Um, starts at 3 o'clock on the 11th, ends at 11 a.m. on Saturday the 13th. And um, it, in, your, your registration cost is $150, and that includes two full nights accommodations and five meals um, as well as all of all of the good stuff that you get in between in our sessions, and we will be encountering God's voice through Scripture, through encouragement, through creative expression, and a whole bunch of sweet surprises along the way. And so, I would love for you to check those things out. Let me know, like our page on Facebook, and let me know you're tuning in here to the podcast. I'm also fundraising uh, for making Blooming Inspired Network a nonprofit. We are not yet a 501c3 nonprofit, but I want to get that done before the end of the year. If you would like to donate to that right now, um, there's a donate button on the website through PayPal. You can donate there, or you can mail your gift in the form of a money order or a check to Blooming Inspired Network, care of Michelle Bentham. My my first name is M as in Mary, I-C-H-E-L-L-E. My last name is Bentham, B as in boy, E-N as in Nancy, T as in Tom, H-A-M as in Mary, Michelle Bentham, at P.O. Box 5172, Granbury, Texas, 76049. I've been um, walking in this, this vision for a year. I have been ministering to people for a year. We did Bible study last fall um, and saved some help from the ladies who attended the Bible study with the refreshments. Um, I'm providing what what comes um, from, from our resources, and I'm grateful that God has provided everything we need. But He's told me it's time to make this a ministry, to make it a nonprofit. So, if you would be praying about the fundraising and if God would have you give a gift, we would love that because we are about equipping and empowering women to walk in their role and reign in Christ. And, and you know, we don't need a lot of money, but we just need some funds to help um, pave the way so that um, many women and even women who can't afford to pay for a trip on a retreat so that we could provide scholarships and so we could provide opportunities for women to grow. And um, we want to do conferences and expand the podcasting platform and possibly turn it into some live radio. And so, so there's a lot of opportunity here and there is a lot of, it's a fertile field to sow into and so I just pray you would you would consider that and um, that you would be blessed by what you hear here. If you have any questions, you can certainly email me at admin at bloominginspirednetwork.com. I would love to hear from you. If today's the first day that you've prayed to receive Christ in your life, I would love to put a Bible and some resources in your hand and just have a personal phone call with you, please email admin at bloominginspirednetwork.com. If this is your first time, it says in scripture that um, we should confess with our mouth and that what we've believed in our heart. And so I really would encourage you to do that. And perhaps I could get you connected with the church in your community as well. Thank you for tuning in today. I'm going to wrap up our 
podcast for today and just say, as I normally do, the Lord bless you and keep you. He make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. He lift up his countenance towards you and give you peace. And with that said, I want to say just to remember that blooming where you're planted is the first step to living your wildest dreams. It goes along with that idea of not despising small assignments. And so remember that and remember to live your life blooming alive. Until tomorrow, this is Michelle and I'm signing off.